What's up, Internet? Welcome back to episode 52 of the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Messi, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And a very special guest, my buddy Ed from the Gamer Delphia podcast. What up, what up? Your boy Ed is in the house for the first time on the Loot Pots and on the podcast. What's going on, Doing man? good, man. I get to come another new environment for us, you know. Definitely more podcasting is always in our future. We're always cross-promoting. Yeah, man. Ed and I have done... I mean, dozens of shows together now. Never had, like, we never had one where it was like, oh, let's do this podcast until, <laughs> you know, I started working with you on Gamer Delphia. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've done a lot of work together, and it's just the latest collab of many to come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad to have you on the show, man. Uh, we've been trying to make this happen for a while, and uh, when Pixel wasn't able to make the show and Steve offered me to not have to wake up at 7 uh, in the morning, <laughs> my time, it was a double whammy. <laughs> That's always fun. So, uh, for all you listeners there, welcome to the podcast. This is LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the Indie World Showcase, answering your questions, and playing a little bit of Name That Game, again, in the main topic, for the first time ever with a guest, I think. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm under, I'm under yeah. pressure. Breaking all kinds of new ground here. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope you beat Steve because, I you know, he has beaten me or cheated me out of no, so many wins. No, I swear I Dave. lost last time. I swear you're, you're winning. <laughs> no, did you lose last time? I feel like I might have finally won one. I think you won. Yeah, I really, I, I think you even, won the last one. I, I've just defaulted that, like, I always do so strong in the beginning of Name That Game and then I just lose. And then I throw it at the end. Like, <laughs> it's like you're asking <laughs> to lose. Time. And it's not on purpose, but it happens. Uh, anyway, so uh, welcome back to the show. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we get into what we've been playing this week, let me just uh, remind you where you can go and support us here. If you want to give us uh, a like on your platform of choice, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, make sure you follow the RSS feed wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and if we're somewhere where you don't get or where you get your podcasts where we're not, let us know and we'll make sure to get there. Although uh, that's on Pixel, so Lord knows how long it'll take. But we will get there, I promise you. Uh, let me know. And, um, you know, there are a number of ways that you can connect with Loot Pots all across the web. Of course, there's LootPots.com where we post uh, news and reviews. We've got our Discord channel where there are dozens of Pots heads just like you uh, there every day talking about Nintendo stuff, chatting about, you know, the Nindy announcements, rumors, leaks, all that kind of stuff, uh, trading Pokemon, all kinds of cool stuff. It's a good community. Go and join it. Uh, make some friends. And uh, you can connect with us. We're in there all the time. Ed's a member, too. Hell, yeah. Go, go uh, talk to him. So uh, go go check us out over there. And uh, last but not least, of course, there is our uh, our Patreon, which you can go – if you want to go above and beyond to support the show, you can visit us at Lupots or patreon.com slash Lupots, excuse me. And if you support us at the $5 level, you'll get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, which is just, you know, a great time where uh, we get together and talk about, you know, pretty much everything that's not Nintendo. Unless Pixel's on the show. He tries to steer us towards Nintendo every time, but Steve and I never let him. We're like, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about pancakes, all right? Like... <laughs> so uh yeah if you if you want to get more from us that is a great way to do so helps us keep the lights on helps uh make the the site not as much of a strain on pixels wallet so uh if you like what we do here and you want to help us keep doing it and uh do it better and do more and you know all that kind of stuff go over to his patreon and uh, support us however you can all right so that's enough shilling let's get into the show and talk about what we're playing ed you're our guest this week. I know you didn't have a chance to play too many games, but you did have a little uh, event you went to you wanted to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So this past weekend in Phil here in Philadelphia, I was at PAX Unplugged, which is a all-tabletop convention. Oh, my God. I didn't think I would be into tabletop as much as I was when I went to this con. But trust me, it was a lot of fun when I was there at PAX Unplugged. Uh, there were a lot of different tabletop games. There was D&D, &D, your traditional card games like Magic, Pokemon. Uh, and a whole lot of new experiences for the entire weekend was filled with a lot of different things. And I think it was the first year in its three year history where I actually just did all demos all day for like two or three days. And it was a blast. Uh, the main game I recommend uh, that I got a chance to play over the weekend was a game called Dice Throne. Um, imagine a game that feels like a very like a hero style game, but all tabletop card dice related. Um, kind of okay. like all Overwatch almost is the best way I can describe it. But in tabletop form, it was a lot of fun. It was one of the spotlight games of the weekend outside of, I think, Marvel Champions, which I know a lot of news websites like Destructoid are reporting on Marvel Champions. Um, but Dice Throne is another one you should check out. But I will say this much. There wasn't a, there were chances where I did play some gaming, 
uh, on my actual console. So I took my Switch with me to PAX, of course. Um, and I played two games that I picked up on the Black Friday sale. The Hotline Miami Connect Collection. Awesome. Nice. And Rayman Legends because I need a mascot platformer because I'm addicted to those. So uh, Ray- <laughs> so Rayman Legends, it was on sale for like 10 bucks, And I was just like, yes, because that thing is full of content. Had you ever played it before? Uh, I played it on the 360 and I played it on the PS4 because it came out on 360 first. Then when the new consoles came out, I played it. It was like a year later where it came out on the PS4, bought it there. Um, and now I have it portable. So third time you're buying this game. That is a ringing endorsement. <laughs> it's worth it, man. It's so worth it. Hot, <laughs> hot, Hotline was worth it. Rayman was worth it. Uh, trust me, I wish I could go through my backlog to figure out what else I've bought multiple times. I'm sure I can come up with a list. <laughs> Skyrim's all... going to be in there. Everyone's pulled Skyrim by five times. <laughs> Not Skyrim. I, Spyro the Dragon I did buy twice. I will say that. The, rema- the remastered. Okay. The remastered? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about it, but I ended up not doing it. <laughs> oh, you should have, man. It's so worth it. I platinum the first one, I, or I platinum the uh, collection on the PlayStation Four. And then you're like, I got, but you know what? I need more. I need more. I just need <laughs> to keep going. <laughs> what about you, Steve? I haven't really been playing much this week. I've picked up um, Talos Principle, which we'll talk about later in the Indie World Showcase section. Um, I haven't I haven't played it yet. It's a game I've already played before on the PS Four. Uh, and I really really like it it's kind of got like a portal vibe or cube style it's like an environmental puzzler you move like laser beams around to solve puzzles and you get different mechanics as the the game progresses and there's like a when do you pet the cat when do you pet the cat that's an important question there is a cat yeah that's always the thing. I've always I always saw the robot holding the cat, and I was like, "Oh, this looks interesting." And then I, like I'm like, "It's a puzzler." I was like, "Where's the cat?" Man? The cat's like way in, and I don't think there's any interaction with it from what I can tell. It's like just a cutscene. That's a bummer. Yeah, but it's if you're into environmental puzzlers, it's good to have another one. Uh, it's got to get to the point where Portal comes to the Switch at some point. You'd think, right? Yeah. At least, at least, at least, oh, I'd love the orange box. Right? I really would love the orange box. They they won't because like of you know there's no they're not gonna put up TF2 servers on Switch. Yeah, I was gonna like, say Valve. <laughs> it seems like Valve is very like like what's the word for claustrophobic with their licenses. They want to hold on to it as much as possible, so they're not gonna get rid of them uh, or move them to another platform at, besides Xbox. Really, they hate money, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, it's you know, the, uh, the other Valve news that they've closed that Campo Santo game down, or they've put it on hold, which basically yeah. means cancelled. It's just absolutely from, gutting. From what I've heard, the it's not that, like, Valve put it on hold. It's that, like, the team kind of, like, is working on all these other projects. So they're just kind of like, oh, like, we want to, you know, put our hands on this other yeah. stuff that's going on. So you will see what happens. I hope. I, I, uh, I'm upset about it, too, but I hope it's not dead. No, dead. no, it's dead. It's, it's as dead as Half-Life 2 Episode 3 is dead. <laughs> or like any it'll just other be valve. another it'll yeah, be another, uh, other yeah, valve another game, yeah. storied valve game that never comes out <laughs> hey maybe we'll get it in vr in like five years time and maybe we can all feel so. sick moving around it <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right uh speaking of sick i played a really sick video game this week <laughs> oh what a segue what was that transition <laughs> oh god <laughs> It was Shovel Knight Showdown, which is the uh, one of two of the final expansions that came to Shovel Knight, um, which was like, you know, this was the completion of all of the Kickstarter stuff they promised all the way back in 2013. So six years later, like, they're finally done. And uh, and I don't mean that as like a dig. I mean, like, thank God for them. I'm sure they're tired. <laughs> but uh, I I loved Shovel Knight Showdown. It is so good, and I I wasn't a a big fan of any of the previous expansions to Shovel Knight. Not because they were bad, just because every time I would pick them up, like, I would... I I don't like how... I haven't played King of Cards yet, but uh, in both Spectre of Torment and... um, I forget the other one, but uh, the one where you play Plague Knight. Oh, Plague of Shadows. Both of those, I didn't like how the characters played as much, and because of the way that they played... Or, and I didn't like the way that – I'm sorry. I didn't like how their movesets influenced level design is I guess what I'm trying to say. So it wasn't – I didn't enjoy m- the movement of those characters as much as Shovel Knight. And 
because of the way that they moved, it would like lead to these very kind of like awkward platforming segments for me because I wasn't enjoying the movement. And every time I would pick it up, I'd play like two or three levels and then just be like, I'm just going to replay Shovel Knight. So is that the difference between playing as Mario and Luigi? Like they've got slightly different mechanics? No, it's so... It's like totally different. It's like like if you were playing Super Mario Brothers 2, right? And you're like, I only like the way that Mario feels, Mm -hmm. you know? And you're like, I hate the way Toad feels and I hate the way Peach feels and I never play with them. But all of the levels are also different. Okay, so they're built for those specific characters. Exactly. In mind. So it's it's not just like you're like, let me run through the same levels as different characters. It's a whole new campaign. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like the way that they feel as much as the way I like that Shovel Knight feels. So I would always just go back and play that again. But with Shovel Knight Showdown, it's like a completely new thing. And it's such a breath of fresh air for the IP because, you know, like it's all just been like this same kind of style of platformers with different you know, mechanics and a new coat of paint every time, you know? And not that, the, that that's bad, just, like, this is such a a fresh thing for them to turn it into, like, a party fighter. And it's not just good as a Shovel Knight game, it's really good as, like, a party fighter, you know? Like, it takes a lot of inspiration from games like Smash, but it's definitely, like, totally its own thing. And it stands, like, a- alongside, like, a game like duck game or killer queen black or whatever where like oh it's a it's a totally a worthwhile game to throw in that rotation of you know if you are the kind of person who plays couch club games with friends um like i do like it's an it's a fantastic addition to that that roster even if you like haven't played shovel knight sounds all like just i remember first like reading about the kickstars i remember there was like three big kickstars with like shovel knight Mighty Number no. Nine and Bloodstain were like all around the same time, and like Shovel Knight was like one the fir- the first one to come out that was like super duper huge and just took off um, because and it was the only one that was good. <laughs> now I will admit, Bloodstain at least made an effort and it came out this year and people liked it, so I will give it credit that you know people yeah are, just are the Switch version it. was bad. Mm-hmm. Supposedly they fixed That's it. That's the only thing. Supposedly, but uh, and then Mighty Number no. Nine is just <laughs> Mighty Number no. Nine, and we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, Shovel Knight has like continued to deliver for sure. So you can get this separately or as part of the Treasure Trove, right? It's included. Yes. So if you've already bought the Treasure Trove, you get Showdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you if you're somebody who owns Shovel Knight on Switch, you like already have this game for free, and it's it has an insane amount of content. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I think that's that's the the thing that's the most upsetting about how the whole Kickstarter thing ended up playing out for them is that, like, all of these games that they've released as, like, DLC are totally fully unique games that, like, don't get attention because they're just another addition to Shovel Knight. And that sucks. Because, like, Shovel Knight Showdown, like, shouldn't be in the shadow of Shovel Knight. It's, like, definitely its own thing. And, like, the the character models are the same. And, like, they, they use some of the same, like, moves and stuff. But, like, it's totally, it's, it's... It's totally a, a, a unique thing from Shovel Knight, except for the fact that, like, the movement, you know, is the same. Like, it, like if you have played Shovel Knight before and you know how he feels as a character or you've played, you know, Spectre or, or, um, or the other ones, like, you'll be able to translate those skills. But, you know, aside from that, like, it's got a, uh, it's got a really unique set of kind of, like, not necessarily rules, but, like, injections on familiar things from party fighters. Like, there's, like, a health system, so, like, in generally any, like, stock match, you'll have, you know, however many stock you have, and you have four hits before you die. And you can also, like, die to hazards and stuff, like, if there's, like, lava or something like that. But otherwise, like, you're able to walk from one side of the map through the other, like, it's, like, Mario Brothers. So it's definitely, you know, got like the the flow of matches is kind of actually more like PlayStation All-Stars than it is like Smash. But like it has all the crazy items and stuff that you'd expect from like a Smash Brothers kind of entry or, you know, whatever. And um, one of the things that's really interesting in multiplayer is that you there's kind of like a Mario Party style like reward system. So like you'll get points not necessarily just for getting kills, but it'll also be for like getting collecting treasure or not losing lives or whatever 
So what do like, they give you pity points for coming in last place like they do on Mario Party? Not not pity points, but it, it's <laughs> it's more like oh here's all the things that take skill in a match, right? Like, and you're rewarded for those things. Um, so it's 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 very interesting, and uh, I I've really enjoyed it. Like I I played 15 hours worth of it in like three days for my review, um, which you can go check out on Lootpots.com. But uh, I I probably would have played that much even if I didn't have to. Just because it's it's so addictive, and like the story mode specifically is like fantastic. Like I I was just like jamming on it for hours and hours and hours, and was like so addicted to it. And like unlocking all the characters, there's twenty of them. There's thirty stages, you know. Um, there's a, t- a ton of stuff to do, and it's difficult. Like even as like somebody who's played through New Game Plus of Shovel Knight like twice, uh, I I even medium like when I was first starting was I was like, damn, this is tough. And I still haven't beat the game on hard. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, if you're a fan of Shovel Knight, it's fantastic, and you gotta check it out. And if you have never played Shovel Knight, like, many people, like, just go get it. Like, it's expensive now, because they upped it to, like, 40 bucks because of yeah. all of the DLC. Um, so, I still think it's worth 40 bucks because there's a ton, ton, ton of content that you get for that $40. Um, like, if you gotta wait for a sale, you gotta wait for a sale, but get it. Play Shovel Knight. This is it now for Shovel Knight, and yep. so I guess it frees Yacht Club up to build, some, make something else. What kind of what were, what are you looking for from them? I know they've got Shovel Knight Dig, but that's not developed by them, right? What are you looking for them to continue in the Shovel Knight universe, but maybe go to like sixteen bit, or would you want like a new IP from them? So I am, I'm at the point with with Yacht Club where I really want to see them do whatever they want to do. Like, I'm absolutely not sick of Shovel Knight. So if they're like, hey, we're going to do Shovel Knight 2 and it's 16-bit like they originally planned, I'm all in for that. I would be insanely excited for that. Um, If they even wanted to do a Shovel Knight 2 that was just, you know, new levels, new story, new characters in the same art style, I'd be down for that, you know? Um, I'm sure they don't want to do that at this point, but I I wouldn't turn my nose up at that at all. Uh. I think the idea of them getting some space from Shovel Knight and having the main team work on anything else seems like a good idea, though. Like, I'm sure they're eager to do something else. And I would love for them to come back to Shovel Knight 2 after they've done something else for, like, two or three years or whatever, and they're, like, itching to get back to it. Especially because Shovel Knight Dig is coming out, so it's not like the brand is going to go dormant if they go work on something else. I'd be curious to see if they stick with like these like those like pixel aesthetics for a longer period of time. Not that they wouldn't be able aren't able to branch out into something else, but also don't want to feel like as a like an indie developer that you're also gonna like pigeonhole yourself to something like that too, because I know sometimes developers possibly can get into that trend. Um but I, whatever they decide to do, I know that they always put their mind to it, they always put all their detail to it. Uh attention to detail is specific for yacht club games. So whatever they decide to do, I'm in for it. Yeah, and to me, like, seeing how good Shovel Knight Showdown is and how different it is from Shovel Knight proper, uh, I'm confident that whatever they want to do, they'll do well. Yeah, exactly. I imagine they're going to stick with the pixel art vibe, though. I think that's, like, what that's what they came together to do, and I, I have to imagine they're going to keep making pixel games. Like, that's their, that's their shtick, and they're fucking good at it. But um, we'll see. No matter what it is, I'm excited, I'll tell you that. All right, so moving into the news, uh, we've got, <laughs> it's only two items on the news list this week, but one of them is the Indie World Showcase, and that's going to take a long fucking time. So uh, first one is, uh, this is a, some Steve-ass news, Two Point Studios has finally got a release date for uh, Two Point Hospital. It's coming on February 25th, both digital and physical editions. Um, I'm looking forward to this game, but not as much as you, so what's what's going on? I, I was excited when it was coming in 2019, and then when it slipped into 2020, I was a bit sad, but I'm happy it's only two months into 2020, so I'm I'm still pretty hyped for it. And the fact that it includes both the expansions on the on the cartridge, by the looks of it, whether or not it does, it might be like a, one of those download situations. Probably. Uh, I really hope not. Um, Actually, maybe not. Then, yeah, it's, it's good news. I'm really excited. I love Two Point Hospital. I've played it on PC. I'm looking forward to playing it on the go. I'm still dubious as to what the like console controls are going to be like compared to a keyboard and mouse, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, yeah, I think it's like that with most strategy games. Like you figure games like even like Civ Six was able to kind of come to like a console game or even the Sims themselves. Mm-hmm. So 
I imagine that something like this will be pretty uh, consistent in terms of uh, control scheme. Yeah, and the this team um, came out of Bullfrog, so they've already made PS1 games. So they made uh, Theme Hospital, Theme Park, and Theme Park World on the PS1, so they've worked with the controller before, and they've worked with the controller with zero sticks before, so they could probably do something fairly decent with um, with some sticks and a touchscreen. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll come together. Um, I, I am definitely, I like this kind of game. I'm into it. I think my issue is just like, it's so close to March. It's, it's too close to Animal Crossing. It's, yeah. it's way too close to Animal Crossing. And there's a couple, there was a game in the, in the highlights that we'll talk about that I was just like, this looks good, but it's probably going to be too close to Animal Crossing for me. And I'm, I've already got my fix. Yeah. So, all right. So let's, let's do it. Let's jump into the indie world discussion. Um, so... I, we'll take it chronologically. There's not that many games here, so you know we can we can there's, just kind of quite a few. I thought it was a pretty packed show for twenty. It minutes. was very packed. From like I didn't even think about about how like packed it was. Like when you actually yeah. recap I it, I didn't mean that as like a dig. I mean that as like a you know how sometimes they'll do one where it's like this many games, and then there's also a sizzle reel, and oh, then it's yeah, like yeah, and I it's know, like we yeah. can't go through all this shit. Yeah. But like I think we can realistically <laughs> go through all these games, and you know like and that's all I meant. Yeah, there's some I want to talk about more than others. Some of them I, yes, I can care yeah. less about, but yeah. And I, I definitely agree. I think this is a really solid indie direct. I think it was well paced. Uh, I thought that they like kept the bullshit to a minimum, you know, like, and there there was definitely some cringy moments or like stuff that was a little bit weird, weirdly paced, <laughs> but like nothing overstayed its welcome to the point where it distracted from like the content. So I definitely think like this was a solid one. And I didn't watch it live, so I got to skip through all the cringy stuff, so it was great. I yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, I, was um, like, no. I was at work when it was on TV, so I had to or TV, Jesus, what am I a, a baby boomer? Did you record uh, it on T did you record it on TiVo, Pete? <laughs> yes, I did, I did. Uh so let's let's yeah, like I said, let's take it chronologically. First up was Sports Story, which is the sequel to Golf Story. Hype. Uh and yeah, Hype. yeah. That's it. it That's it. Just one word. It's I, I started with that at the uh like right at the tarp i was just like okay indie war i wonder what they're gonna be announced and then boom i was just like wait golf story 2 and then i saw tennis yeah. coming out i was just like okay there's tennis now and then you saw soccer and i was like oh here we go we're doing a recap it's like they're coming they're coming correct if you're starting with a golf story sequel oh, it was, it's like all right yep, it was so good i love golf story like i was so like happy that i was able to experience that game uh when it first dropped and just to see yeah. like a sequel for it oh my god i'm ready i'm ready yeah, I never actually finished it, and I kind of want to go back and, like, finish it so I can, like, start this and make sure I'm all caught up on the lore and everything, you know? Yeah, same um, here. I got to do the uh, same thing for it. Now Now it makes me want to go find a uh, a Game Boy Color and play uh, Mario Tennis like I used to do when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, so you can practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm very interested in, like, how some of the sports are, like, it looks like they, like, you know, like, there's, like, the mashup stuff at some point where... There's like a guy who kicks a soccer ball and then your character hits it with a baseball bat into a soccer net. And then there's like the tennis where someone golfs and he hits it with a baseball. It's just like all kinds of stuff. So it looks wild. It seems like it's definitely going to delve into that trademark like wackiness that Golf Story brought to the table. I, I, I hope there's another NES game like just hidden in there somewhere that we, you can play. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe it's a Super Nintendo game this time. Uh, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, Another yeah. game of golf. Uh, all right, so next up was Streets of Rage 4. I don't really have anything to say about this. It's like a, you know, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It looks good for what that is, but... Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm not digging the visual style, though. Like, I, I, I like the way Streets of Rage 1 and 2 look. And I would have liked to have seen them continue that visual aesthetic rather than go for a... A, a new look, but I guess it's unless it's uh, put, uh, most beat 'em ups. I've kind of gotten already gotten over with, unless it's like Turtles in Time. But uh, Street, mm -hmm. I mean, it looks fun. Like from what I imagine, it looks like it's actually a pretty decent game. But it just kind of flew under my radar. Yeah, it's just I'm um, this kind of game. Like it's really got to be doing something special to get my attention. Yeah, the only side scroller I ever go back to is the Simpsons arcade game, just so I can mm. smash people around the head with a with a Hoover, like playing as much. Yeah, it's just like I, I, I would I would go back to that or Castle Crashers or X-Men or Turtles or like 
a, a dozen other like games that are like Scott Pilgrim that I have like nostalgia for rather than like jumping into something new unless it's really like special, let alone Streets of Rage, which I've never really it's ever done anything for me. What so. if they did like a um a shovel knight side scroll in? Bring them up roll like them up. Yeah. I, I mean, hey man. You'd be I'd give it that. a shot. Yeah. I'd give yeah, it a shot. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yacht Club, man. It's Yacht Club. That's what I'm saying. That would be special. I'd be like, all right, okay. Okay. Fair play. Uh so the next one's Gleamlight. This was probably had the most like weird pacing of oh, anything this was in it. ridiculous that, so the game the the company that ripped off castlevania now has ripped off hollow knight just entirely yeah pretty much yeah. I, I in hindsight now i can think about like oh yeah they absolutely did uh take off a of hollow it has knight. that vibe vibe to it for sure look the um, way the like the the attacks look the same the way there's that like ball of light that surrounds the person as they move visual aesthetic of the game the way the character moves everything about it looks like hollow knight to me and it's it's just shameless the fact that they've called it gleam light as well not too dissimilar from hollow knight <laughs> it's like they knew what they were doing <laughs> yeah i could i could see that for sure um i didn't have that thought when i watched it the first time but now that you say it and i'm looking at the trailer i'm like mm, yeah okay i could see it um yeah this one just like Especially like the voiceover where it was just like describing. I was like, I don't know. This is this isn't doing anything for me. Um, speaking of like stuff that kind of felt like a really weirdly shameless ripoff of another game, Bacon Switch. I'm like, <laughs> oh, so it's over. Yeah, I was just about to say it looks like overcooked. I mean, it, it, it looks like they were trying to advertise it as like a four player like party brawler uh, with co op modes and competitive and stuff like that. But yeah, it was absolutely like- overcooked. Yeah, like it's. I, I don't want to say it's the same because, like, like you're right. There are different like game modes and stuff, but like, yeah, it's like four bakers working together to like make. Food no, and I stuff. think that's the difference. You don't. You're not always working together. That's so true. Not you, always. You can be like working against each other and beating each other up to steal the ingredients and go make what you need to make. But the concept is very similar. Yeah, and, and it's fine. Like you're allowed to do that. Like they don't they don't have a, a monopoly on making baking co op games right. or whatever. It's just it's one of those things where it's kind of like if you raise an eyebrow at it a little bit, you know. Yeah, and if you want to be an asshole in Overcooked, you absolutely can, and it's the worst possible experience. <laughs> Fucking love Overcooked. Overcooked is so good. Yeah, yeah, we need to play that. Uh, okay, so next up is Super Mash. This one is really interesting. Um, I don't know, like, how fun it'll actually be, but as a concept, it's definitely unique, and it seems like a, a thing that would be really fun to, like, stream. Oh, yeah, I took, this is what I took away from the Direct. So, I, it started off with a bang with Sports Story, but the game that I got the most interest out of, based off of what it could be like, is Super Mash, just because mm-hmm. it's a very, it's a genre mashing kind of game. Um, it's all algorithm based, from what I understand. So basically, yeah. you take a genre, you take another one, you put it together, and let the game's code decide your experience. And that's how wild it can get. And like, it's different every time. So like, the one of the examples it gives is like, oh, like combine two genres, like uh, platformer and JRPG. So theoretically, every time you did that, it would be something different. And then you can, like, save the codes and go back and play the games that you've generated or share them online or get other people's and play theirs. And, like, I thought it was cool that, like, the developer who came out and talked was like, oh, this one's my favorite one. So, like, when it comes out, like, play this and whatever. So, yeah, like, it it seems like a novel concept and I'm definitely interested to see how good it actually is because it seems like the games can be really diverse. And I wonder... Like, how well that works. Like, I'm looking at just some of the screenshots, and you have a screenshot that looks like you have a side-scroller that looks like it, like the tiles look like Zelda, but it looks futuristic. You have a Metal Gear-looking game with a slippy character sprite. Um, what else do you have here? You have, like, something that looks like Symphony of the Night, but mixed with, like, Gradius. It, it's it, it's interesting. I'm at, I am, you know, definitely sold on the possibility of it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's one game that looks like The Sims. Yeah, I saw The Sims as a screenshot. <laughs> I saw something that looks like Final Fantasy mixed with Advance Wars. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. This is definitely something I I will keep my eye on for sure because I think there's a there's a interesting concept at work here. Yeah, I think I'll definitely buy this at least to like 
rope Steve into doing a, a stream with me where it's just like, let's see what happens, man. Like, let's let's roll yeah, the dice I, a couple times. I, I'd, li- I'd like to give it a go. It reminds me of, um, if you ever played game dev story where you have to, like, pick two yes. genres and it's like, mm, I'm not sure this one's going to work. And then it goes away and you realize it's the best thing ever, like a dating sim and a dungeon crawler, perhaps. <laughs> oh, that would have been an awesome segue if that was the do you want to just jump to the <laughs> so close <laughs> so good uh so next up was talos principle steve already talked about that one the, you don't actually get to pet the cat so i don't even want to talk about it <laughs> you, yeah um, you just you go around and pick up little tetris blocks yeah it's really yeah. weird that's cool though um i would rather if you just like went and pick picked up cats i, I do want to say i'm i'm waiting to play it to see how it performs because i played it on or i've seen a friend play on xbox i played it on ps4 and i had no issues but i've seen a friend play on an original xbox one and it struggled in places so i i'd like to see what the performance is going to be like but i'll report back next week and let you know fingers crossed uh so the next one this is one of the games i was most excited about actually it's called sail forth this was uh the it's it's like a high seas it's like a pirate game but you're not a pirate like you're like an adventurer and you go and fight pirates and steal from them and you can like rescue people and take quests and it's all procedurally generated and you fight sea monsters and deal with you know harsh environments and it's all about like navigating the wind and like traditional naval combat and all that stuff and it's basically just like an indie version of like what if black flags gameplay was just that was the whole game and i'm all in for that that sounds great for some reason, I like as soon as you said that, I was just like, "Wait, wasn't Ubisoft trying to do that with Skull and Bones?" And I'm like, "This beat it to it." Yeah, that game. But we have no idea. I don't think Skull and Bones is happening until PS5. Uh, yeah, that's true. Even if it is happen, like I think it's going to come out probably, like you said, like PS5, Xbox, you know, Scarlet. Um, but that's all multiplayer, and I don't want that. I want this. You know, like this is the kind of game I want. I wish it had a story, but. I I'm very interested in this game. I hope it's good. Really, I wouldn't. I yeah, I just didn't get much from it. Like I I love that. Like I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey this year, and I've been loving being able to ride the boats and attack people and stuff. I just got nothing out of this game. I just it just didn't seem to be enough substance there beyond just roaming around a procedurally generated world, which I never massively a fan of. See, I'm not usually either, but. My whole thing is I loved Black Flag and I never played the story mode and all I did was sail around and explore and like fight people. And like I again I wish it wasn't procedurally generated and I wish it had a story, but I I think I'll get into the idea of just like exploring it and just being, you know, like if the combat is good, I think that's a game I could get easily get addicted to and just jump in, jump out, you know. We'll see. I hope it's good. Definitely on my radar. Uh, next up was Dauntless. This is a game that I had heard a, a good amount about when it came to PC, but I, I never really, like, checked it out. Um, it's basically in the same way that this is, like, an indie version of, like, the Black Flag kind of style. Like, this is kind of like an indie version of Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. That's what. As soon as I started showing the gameplay and talking about the Storm Chasers expansion, and mm-hmm. then I started to see, like, that Monster Hunter world influence from it. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's like Monster Hunter without all the bullshit. You know, and it's free to play, which I was surprised at. Which is cool, yeah. It and it it has a very like World of Warcraft kind of aesthetic or mm-hmm. vibe to it too, which I I'm into. Um, and the gameplay looked like it performed well. It looked visually pretty good. I was gonna say it's also cross play and cross progression, which is cool. So like, if you are someone who was already playing on PC, like you can just pick up and do it with Switch on the go um or like if you're like us and like you're kind of late to the party and then like you maybe you already have friends who are already playing it on pc or whatever like you could play with them on your switch or you could jump over to you know steam or wherever you get it and like keep your character rolling over there too which is really attractive because i want to try this and i think i could rope some of my game my friends to like game with me but i think that they're gonna want to play on pc so like if i could like you know play when i want to play on switch or play with you know like you steve on switch or maybe some of the you know the listeners or whatever and then jump over to play with those guys on pc and keep the same character the whole time like that's definitely appealing to me i mean uh, it's the second cross progression game i know of following divinity original sin 2 um 
because like things like Fortnite, it's specific to your uh, like account on the Switch, I believe. I'm not hundred percent sure though. I think it might have been at launch, but I think now it's not. I think now you can just use your Epic account anywhere. But I know Divinity, like uh, you can pick up the same save on Steam yes. and then play it on Switch. So I think that's probably what I'm gonna end up doing with Divinity Original Sin too. Because I've pre-ordered the limited run version, but it's not coming until like April next year, and I really don't want to wait that long to play. Yeah, just play it now and then like carry your progress over later. Mm-hmm. Were either of you guys interested in Dauntless at all? It looks cool. I mean, no. I just, I'll look at it, but I don't think it's something I would play because I didn't really play a lot of Monster Hunter. I liked Monster Hunter a lot. I just didn't like the bullshit. Like, there was too much minutia. Yeah. And it looks like this cuts a lot of that. That's what I got from I want more story. I think I want, like, um, a Horizon Zero Dawn style game more than an yes. online thing. Oh, God, I really just want Horizon 2. It's coming. <laughs> I, know. I really hope that rumor of it being a PS5 launch title. Yeah, is of hope. course it I'll will be. Cry. I'll cry. <laughs> if they, if, if, like E3 comes around and they're like, "Yo, Horizon Zero Dawn two, it's out in September." I'm like, yes, oh my god. Just assuming Sony Game shows up. Please, please. Gor- Gorilla Studio Head is running Sony Worldwide Studios now, so he's probably just gonna show in his buddies to get the uh, yeah. get the launch title out, right? He's like, "Come on, guys, we got this." <laughs> All right, so next up was Murder by Numbers. Uh, this was a weird one. Um, it's got it's it's a visual novel murder mystery puzzler. It's no, it's a visual novel, and you solve the cases by playing Picross. It's really weird. And yeah. um, you have yeah. a robot sidekick. Um, I don't know. It, and yeah. soundtrack by the same person that did apparently Phoenix Wright. And and beautiful Joe, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the art, it's the a, sprite artist is the same one from Hatofo Boyfriend. Yes, yeah. It's a weird yeah. mix. So, I'm intrigued by it. I remember seeing it. I think it, I think I saw it at a uh, highlight reel from their last direct, like their just regular Nintendo direct. And I was just like, okay, that's something I could probably play and get behind. But I saw the trail. I was like, you know what? I play a lot of Picross games anyway. Um, like I did uh, the yep. Pokemon Picross game when it was a free to play on the 3DS. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll play this. Cool. Are you are you a big visual novel fan usually? Um, not really. I mean, I've played you know I've played the Phoenix Wright games. I I still consider them visual novels, even though they have puzzle mechanics. Um, yeah. And then I guess Layton, kind of but not really, was also the same idea. You just have to mm-hmm. walk around kind and talk to puzzles. So I don't mind it as long as there's something else um, included in the actual mechanics of it. Uh, but if it's just a pure visual novel, then no. So next up was Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. This is uh, an HD, you know, port of an old school Oddworld game. And uh, it's a first person shooter. It's got like updated, like modern controls and gyroscopic aiming. So it's like kind of like, hey, it's the definitive up version of this old classic. So if you're interested in that, check it out. It's got that old school like Xbox. Yeah, it PS2 looks it old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, this is the number one number one game of the direct. This is it's a Skatebird. Skatebird looks amazing. It looks it looks a little rough. I'm not gonna lie, like handling wise, but I truly don't care. Like I I love like arcadey skateboarding games, and this shit is adorable. And the fact that like the entire soundtrack is lo-fi hip hop, I'm like, this is so my shit. I need to show up <laughs> this for is the, it. Like, this is the zenest game I probably will ever play in my entire life. Like I just feel it. Like I feel like I'm just gonna play it and relax. It's it's gonna be the ultimate relaxation game because of the music and the gameplay style. Like I'm I am ready for this. This is so my shit. Like I have to support this game, I would, I would be I would be a hypocritic monster if I didn't. <laughs> like I am the target demo of this game. <laughs> I'm so so excited for Skatebird, you guys. <laughs> oh, I know you mentioned it was rough around the edges, but yeah, the, dude, late late 2020. Wow, it's a lot of time to fix it. I know it is true. Uh, I hope I, I hope they like E3 comes around. And, like, Nintendo has a direct, and they just silent drop it. And I'll just, like, play it all day and night. <laughs> Let me do that, please. I mean, I 
I'm fine with it coming out late 2020 as long as like it's it's solid. Yeah. Like if it comes out and it feels the way that like a good arcade skateboard game should, like it'll be worth the wait. Definitely. So so good though. I like I just blew my hair back <laughs> for sure. It almost changed <laughs> it into a different color. Yes. Uh, so next up we had Liberated. Uh, this was an interesting one. It's like a cyberpunk hand drawn graphic novel kind of game, and it's like cutscenes and stuff are in like a comic style and you like kind of like pick dialogue options and stuff well, and then there's the whole, like the whole game's in like panels of a comic book right yeah but then there's like gameplay segments like the shooting and stuff where it's like you're still in a panel mm-hmm. but then it looks like a regular video game so it's like it's kind of like a mixed media i liked it it kind of had like an inside kind of vibe to some of the yes. side scrolling stuff and yeah I'm, for sure i think the only thing i'm not totally sold on at the moment is the story to the game. It seemed a bit generic, like, oh, the government's trying to take over and we've got to have, like, Anonymous save the world or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, kind of feels done a million times. But aside from that, I thought visually it looked cool. Well, the gameplay mechanics look cool. Yeah, the presentation of it looks really cool. And I'm, I'm gonna, I want to show up for it just because I like the idea. And even if it's the same with Skatebird, right? Where it's like, even if this isn't good, I want to buy it so that, like, the next. Like, they can make the sequel and actually, like, fix all the problems. Because, like, I think the, the idea here is really promising and it looks really cool. I just hope it comes together. Right, yeah. I mean, story, stories are always tough to kind of get across in games like this. Like, especially indie games. But if you can, you know, sell us on the presence of a kind of out there mechanic, then I think that, like, supporting the mechanic will then let either the same publisher or possibly other publishers finesse it, you know, down the road. Uh, so next up was a game that we've already had a request to do a Let's Play series <laughs> of uh, Boyfriend Dungeon. <laughs> I believe it was Fowler's in our Discord was like, yo, this has Pete and Steve playthrough written all over it. And you know what, man? I'm in. I'm just, I Me am. too. I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, I had like a Moonlighter vibe to the way the character yeah. moves and stuff through the dungeons, which I thought was like cool. A, yeah, it's like a dating sim mixed with like Moonlighter or Bastion or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fuck I it, am, sure. I don't. I'll play. It. I don't know how to feel. Like I, I'm watching this presentation. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like the entire time, and I saw the dungeon crawler bits. I was like, okay, it looks like you need dungeon crawler. And next thing you know, like you get uh, what do you call it? Like a uh, one of the swords spawns out a dude. Like it's almost like a Sailor Moon transformation. I was like, what is happening yeah. right now? I'm so confused. I think my favorite part about it is like, like it's. Just like it cuts, it has like all their, you know, they're just like the characters, and they're so like they're they're so regular looking, you know, yeah. like they're just like normally dressed people, yeah. and it's like, oh, what do they like? Like playing guitar, dislikes fan clubs, like you know, this like this dude in a suit, and he's like, oh, he likes philosophy. It's just like okay, whatever. It's so weird. It is but, so weird. Yeah, whatever. We'll play it. We'll do it. <laughs> the people have spoken. Uh, next up, we had Dreamscape, uh, Scaper, yeah, Dreamscaper, which is, um, it's, like, seems like one of those kind of, like, very, like, uh, like, experimental kind of indie games where it's, like, it's, the theme is about, like, combating depression and, like, you go into the character's dreams and, like, you fight, like, literal manifestations of their depression as, like, all these different monsters and, you know, um, it definitely seems like it's like a, a a heady kind of game mixed with the combat of like a top down brawler yeah. or like a you know dungeon crawler kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, gave me very vibes of what was that indie game that came out? Uh Sea of Solitude. It gave me vibes like that. I could see that, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I thought it visually yeah. looked really cool though, especially the like scenes in the rainy neon streets and stuff. Yeah. I thought that visually looked cool. The people with no faces it's is a little a bit weird. Creepy, but it's like mannequins come to life kind of thing. Yeah, the environments are very cool, though. And, like, the gameplay looks pretty tight. So, I don't know. This is one to keep an eye on. I'm not sold on it yet, but it's got a it's got a very unique vibe. And uh, there's a demo available. So, check it out. And then we had uh, The Survivalists coming up on the end here, which is this is a, a new game in the Escapist universe. And it's just, like, their take on, like, survival sim you know like you're on a um you're on an island you can like train monkeys to like automate tasks and it's like you know um 
foraging for items that you turn into crafting stuff and you build settlements and you fight monsters and you know it's like if you've ever played a survival game it's all of the trappings of that just kind of in the escapist style and uh i don't know i think it looks pretty good like yeah this is the I, game i was saying that if it comes out anywhere near animal crossing there's no way i'm, I'm gonna pick it up and play it because yeah. it's one of those ones you just need to sink all of your gameplay time into right and i, I think when it comes out is really going to be the deciding factor on if this is like appealing to me at all because i liked what i played of the escapists i was never hardcore into it but like it was fun and it's a game i could see getting lost in but i just never found the right time for it and i think this is the same thing with this game if it comes out too close to animal crossing it's dead if it comes out close to any other like major release like that it's dead and 2020 is a crowded year yeah 2020 is insane right now so it's hard to figure out like how a niche game, like the escapists themselves were pretty much like niche kind of games, like the prison simulation kind of thing. So to throw a co-op survival, like don't starve kind of game on top of that. Yeah. Um, and it, Which is already a crowded marketplace. Right. Like, a lot of games like if it like came that. out like February, you could probably get away with February right before the rush of like, you know, games like Final Fantasy and things like that. But if you're anywhere from like March to June, from Final Fantasy to E3, it's too crowded. It's a shame it didn't come out this year. I think if it had come out in like the summer of this year during that lull, like, yeah. this is a game I could have seen really sunk- sinking my teeth yeah. into rather than like replaying or not replaying, playing The Last of Us, like going back and crossing something off my back. Yeah, if it, uh, if they change, if they come out January or February, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, which it doesn't sound like it's going to. It says it's coming in 2020. Yeah, that's like a June. Hopefully, hopefully it slips to 2021, honestly, and like it, it can get away from the floodgate of no because of at year. the end of 2020 uh, we all think that you've got breath of the wild too and we'll all be stuck playing that for the three months in, in the Actually, beginning of 2021 it, yeah i don't know yeah okay i don't know they're fucked i don't know i don't know <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh finally we had axiom verge 2 huge yeah, bomb was, drop this was the like little surprise after the break thanks for watching here's, here's one more thing yeah. like, oh hi <laughs> yeah right it's like oh the biggest announcement of like the you know like that that was such a hot game a couple years yeah, ago people have been yeah. waiting now he's been working on it for four years like here we go man um i never played axiom verge so i don't but i know like people like max are probably like oh max yeah, is buzzing about it you've seen his twitter yeah. it's like <laughs> it's getting crazy and you know you know what max like look i'm not even being mean i'm not even making fun of you or anything because i'm trying to be nice going into 2020 and bury the hatchet so stop cyberbullying me <laughs> neither of you really big metroidvania fans then uh, eh, not really it depends i mean what was the last time i played a metroidvania dead cells was really the last time i really like got into something but it was kind of like roguelike more than metroidvania where this is like a pure sure. pure one so i haven't really done pure metroidvanias i always burn out on them like i i try playing them and eventually i just like i don't like having to like do a ton of backtracking and like navigating of a 2d space like for whatever reason like i you know i love platformers but like i like that platformers are just kind of like skill challenge based not like navigation and stuff you know it's like i always like find myself i'm just like i went down the wrong hallway or i read the map the wrong way or i did this or whatever and like it always drives me crazy and i don't mind it as much in like a 3d space like i'm playing fallen order right now and the star wars game yeah and um that's got that metroidvania kind of vibe to it and like i don't love that aspect of it but it's not as much of a turnoff because there are other things that are like appealing to me about it you know um like the combat and story and everything so like i feel like they just never really tend to click with me yeah it has to for me it has to really like draw from another hook i want to say so it depends on Mm -hmm. what else you kind of bring to the table so like like we've mentioned that uh with dead cells that adds the roguelike aspect where every run is always different so you're always like trying to go for the next big run and then you know gathering all the weapons and then there's other challenges so if it had another hook to it then like that's where i see myself diving in yeah yeah i agree uh okay so so here's the thing i know i said at the top that we were going to answer your questions and play name that game but here's what here's where we're at this show's been going for almost an hour I promised DJ I wouldn't let it be a super long one, and I've got to go pick up my car before the mechanic closes in uh, 40 minutes. 
So we're not going to read all your questions this week. I'm going to save them for next episode. Uh, but we are going to answer this one question because it's specific to the indie thing. So this comes from Fowlers over on our Discord, and then we'll jump into the main topic. So Fowlers asks, what indie game are you most excited about from the new indie presentation? I think for me, it's honestly Skatebird. No I, way. I, really? I'm so into it. Oh, God. How are you going <laughs> to be like that? I love... It's too rough. It, no. It's, uh, okay, for me, it's... Uh... It's one of probably two sports story because I loved ghost story, uh, golf story so much, and liberated just because that visual style and that like whole comic book panel thing. Just as soon as I saw it, I was hooked on it. Yeah, those are both standouts for me for sure. If I had to pick something that's not sports story, because I think sports story is going to be a given for most Switch owners. So my two on a lesser note, Murder by Numbers. I'll just pick that up just kind of like as a puzzler game. I like it. But I think the game that I'm going to pick up the most is Super Mash because I think, you know, just on its own as an algorithm-based game that can create a lot of different things, I think that has the most potential, especially coming off of watching the state of play like hours before where I saw Dreams, I felt that this was like the closest equivalent to something like that. Without having to actually make a game. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. Which works for me. Yeah, trust me. I don't want to make anything. Trust me, I barely make anything in Mario Maker, so... Do with deal with that oh, what you yeah. will. But that's the thing, like you can you can play Mario Maker without making anything. I think you could probably play Dreams and just play other people's stuff and never have to create anything. Yeah. That's part of the fun of it, it's just seeing what other people have created. And then with Super Mash, what's cool is that like you can mash the two genres, whatever combination or algorithm you get, you can actually have like a a code that you can then share with other people. So I think there's a lot of different ways that this can change. And especially if they're gonna DLC other genres in the future, hopefully like, you know, low cost or free. Um, then it has a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. I'm excited to check it out. Uh, so thanks to everybody else who wrote in. We're definitely going to answer all your questions next week. Um, but none of them are time sensitive. So, and uh, one of them's got stuff for Pixel too. So, so we're good. We're good. We'll we'll we'll, we'll touch on those ones next time. Uh, so time for the name of that game. Roll that fucking music, DJ. Name that game. Okay, so let's jump into it. Uh, this I'm I'm gonna be the the, the game master. Is this, this the time. first time you've been the game master? I, You're yeah, excited I've always, about it. I've I always just lose. So. You, you need to give Ed a heads up as to what the hell this is. Yeah, that'd be good. I know. I, don't have I know. One. Yeah, I'm like I feel like I'm gonna fail gotta, miserably. Don't worry. Even if he even if it was just us, I would explain the rules for the listeners in case they weren't around last time we played Name That Game. So Name That Game is a little game that Steve invented. Uh, where basically what we're what I'm gonna do is I have um I think it's about ten uh games they are all Nintendo games and I am going to read their descriptions and blank out all of the information that would tell you what it is so like any name of a character any name of like the franchise obviously or whatever um so the one that basically you guys have to buzz in and what you'll do is you'll say your name and I'll call on you. So if you have the answer, be like, Ed, and I'll call on you. You go. If you don't get it right, Steve gets a chance to steal. If that doesn't happen, you know, obviously nobody gets the point. Right. And uh, it's, it's generally a best of five, but we'll see how you guys do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm ready. And uh, there is a theme. Should I tell you guys the theme beforehand or do we want to, I know I never I don't remember what we usually do. I feel like if you know the theme, it makes it easier. No, we don't usually do this, tell the theme. We'll think. do the okay. theme at the end. All right. Maybe yeah. maybe we get bonus point if we can figure out what the theme is. All right, that's fair. Okay, yeah, I like that. If or I, is, if it, is it going to be so easy when we fit, when we yeah. reveal <laughs> we'll the answer? We'll see. All right. We'll see. <laughs> All right. We'll see. Okay. Here we go. On a tiny star somewhere far far away from Earth, there is a very happy place known as Blank. That is until one night, the gluttonous Blank. And his band came to steal all the food the blank treasured, the blank it Steve. and the blank. What? Okay, pick, Steve, pick go ahead. Pick. No. Um. Suddenly, a spry little boy named Blank happened along and said, "Don't worry, I'll get your food and your spark, or yeah, and your sparkling stars back." I can say that. In blank, you guide blank through a series of side-scrolling action stages. Blank can walk, fly, inhale, and defeat enemies. Everything he needs to make it through blank. 
now you know, huh, Steve? I don't. I was gonna say Kirby <laughs> Return to Dreamland for some reason. That's all I could think of. I mean, you're so close. Oh my Ed. god. Um, hold on. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Um, oh, oh, Steve's not buzzing in. I you can't can. hear it. He did. Uh, he uh, lost. I'll buzz, I'll buzz in. I'll you buzz just up get it. I'll buzz. You are, all right? Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I, I don't want to say you're it. close. Uh, your final guess: Kirby is, Star Allies. Oh no! It's it was Kirby's Dreamland. <laughs> you were so I close. I said return to dream. Oh damn it! Yeah, I couldn't give it to you, but no, you were fair. so close. You could, no, don't. <laughs> All right. So next up, a high seas voyage takes a dangerous turn when Blank's ship is destroyed by a furious storm, and he washes ashore on the mysterious Steve. island. Steve. Uh, Link's Awakening. Yes, uh, it is Link's yep, Awakening. Was, yep, good call. Okay, so there's <laughs> one for Steve. Okay. Okay, experience the original journey that started the blank phenomenon nearly 20 years ago, but now on the Nintendo 3DS family of systems as a digital download, relive the feeling of catching your very first blank from the original 150. Steve. Steve? Pokemon Blue? Okay, yes. It's red and blue. (laughs) Red, blue, and yellow. Yep. Damn it. Not yellow, just red and blue. Oh, I thought yellow. Okay. Okay. Ancient ruins, cr- giant crabs, blanks, flying stone heads, and hungry sharks await you in this re-release of the 1989 Game Boy game. In the beautiful kingdom of blank, a mysterious alien has appeared and hypnotized the inhabitants while kidnapping blank for himself. Steve. Steve. Metroid 2? Uh, no. Uh, travel over land Ed. in the air, Ed. Super Mario Land? Yes, Super oh. Mario Land. <laughs> all right, so it's two one, Steve. The greatest blank players of all time, the Grandmasters, are looking for one player worthy of inheriting the four rare legendary blank cards. Build new decks with the auto deck machine. Hone your skills on the challenge machine and test your ability in the challenge hall. Expand your card collection. Duel your way through eight clubmasters and earn the right to challenge the Grandmaster in the blank dome. Shadowy figures, wise instructors, and powerful opponents await you in the ultimate trading card game adventure. Uh, what other trading card game? Hmm. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, nothing. But Blank Dome has totally got to be a contender for the title for this episode. The Blank Dome. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Ed, uh, Pokemon trading Ed. card game. Yes! What? Ed takes the what point. The that hell? is 2-2. Two, two. That's nuts. All right. Okay. Uh, Bounty Hunter Wait, what Blank. What was Blank Dome? Was that Poker Dome? It was the Pokemon Dome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Uh, Bounty Hunter Blank faces off against the Blank Scourge once again in this epic sequel to the NES Classic. Take control to guide Blank through cavernous corridors, ancient ruins, and alien traps Ed. on the mysterious Ed. Super Metroid. No, not Super Metroid. On the mysterious planet SR388, you'll find artifacts of a lost... Steve? Metroid 2? Yes. Ah. (laughs) It's Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Nice. Blank doesn't think Blank has proven himself to be a hero yet, so he decides to work out a deal with the closest villain that he knows. Blank and his baddies have hidden... Bananas in new places across Blank Island in another attempt to outwit the best friend duo. And the only response is for Blank and Blank to go off on another adventure. With over 30 levels plus tons of hidden secrets, Ed? Donkey Kong Country 2? No. (laughs) Um, You've got to give it to him if it is just Country 1. That's fair. Okay. It's not. Um, hidden secret swing roll jump and barrel blast through worlds swarming with returning and original enemies creep along a mysterious pirate ship trudge through fierce snow swim in an unbelievable aquatic temple and start some crazy capers in the sky there will also be some animal friends waiting to help out blank is off his rocker if he thinks blank won't step up to the challenge tropical freeze it's nope. returns isn't it no it is donkey kong land what i have no I've idea what that game is I've no. never heard of that. That's that's a fake game. So that's no. still 2-2. Two, two. All right. 
Um, let's see. Okay. Originally released for the Game Boy Color System in 2000, the Blank game added several new features to the Blank franchise. For the first time, players could choose female or male character, Blank battles featured animation, and more. And now, this virtual console release invites you to explore the Blank region again, or for the first time. Steve. Steve. Crystal? Yes, it was Pokemon oh, Crystal. Oh, wow. 3-2. Well, are you okay. surprised? Are you, you're, you're surprised, aren't you? Well, I I'm surprised that. that you got Crystal because you could have guessed Gold and Silver and I was like, you would have been wrong. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it's a different description. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, mean, I am surprised. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... We're at uh we're three two right now. This is the last one before the tiebreaker. Okay. So if Ed gets this one, we'll go to the tiebreaker. If not, Steve takes it. All right, it. here we go. And the last one's just for vanity. Okay. Years have passed since you made improvements to your grandfather's old farm and turned it into a successful business. Now a friend on a remote island has called for help to restore their own farm. Never one to turn down a fellow farmer in need. You're ready to tackle the unique challenges this opportunity will bring. Farming on the mainland is tough, but raising animals and harvesting crops offshore is going to be tougher. With different shops to explore, fun characters to encounter, and many tasks to do, there's plenty to keep you occupied on your tropical adventure. Maybe you'll even find a companion to share it with. Uh, this is a Nintendo game? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't want to... Ex- and Nintendo exclusive, most likely. Or was it developed by Nintendo? I never said Published that. Published by um, Nintendo. I never said that. Let's, I thought I'm gonna, I thought that's what I'm gonna, we're gonna, gonna go with. I'm gonna, okay. Here, I'm gonna take the losing guess, Ed. Ed. Stardew Valley. No. It's Harvest Moon something. Yes. I, I don't but know what? which one. It's one on the Game Boy, because I think that's what the theme is. Okay. Seasons of no. talk, buddy. Three. Let me Google. Five. No, <laughs> you can't Google. Five, no Google. Four, three. I have two. no idea. It's Harvest Moon something. Harvest Moon Magic Melody. Make a guess. Make a guess. Harvest Moon what? Seasons of Change. No, it's Harvest Moon three. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that takes us to. This would have been the tiebreaker. All right. So I'm going to give it to you guys. If Ed gets it, I'll, I'll, get, us, I'll get another tiebreaker. No, you gotta, <laughs> you got to guess the theme. That should be the tiebreaker. Okay. All right. Okay. Blank has taken over the blank, and it's up to Blank to put an end to his sinister reign. Battle Blank's vile henchmen through 32 levels in the original 1985 game mode. Move on to collecting special red coins and blank eggs in challenge Steve. mode. Steve. Super Mario Land. No, Ed. that was already done. I got it. I know. Ed. Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. It is yes. Super ah! Mario Brothers Deluxe. All right. Okay. So, for the final question, the tiebreaker. What is the theme? Uh, uh, Steve. Steve. It's Game Boy Games. It is Game ah, Boy Games. Nice. Steve takes the square. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Champion. Alright, roll that goddamn music, DJ! Alright, so that wraps it up for uh, this this round of Name That Game. Congratulations, Steve. Are we, see, you know what? We're just going to have to keep it for when we have guests on because I can't take this score to my current competition against you, can I? Because otherwise I'm 2 1 up, apparently. I think that's fair. Yeah. You won. Yeah, you did. It's about okay. number of rounds won. Okay. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm definitely the worst at this game. <laughs> I kill it in the beginning and then I lose every fucking round. Yeah. It happens. I every think that's time. what just happened. By to like me. one point. I could have won if I had just not gone like super duper specific with um which one did I uh, mess up with? The, the Kirby. Kirby. Return of Return. Kirby, I tried to hand it to you too. I was like, "You're you're close. Mm-hmm. You're really, really close." I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you absolutely tried to hand it to Steve too. I was like, "Just try to baby bird it yeah. to you," you know? Like, <laughs> it's like real close, guys. It. Real close. Uh, 
But all right, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to have you fill in for Pixel this week. Always a good time, man. Anytime I can come on, I will definitely be a part of it. Where can the people find you? Of course, you can always find me uh, with my crew. The, the main crew is the Party Nerds, of course, uh, at Party Nerds. Uh, my crew specifically, which Pete is a part of, is Gamer Delphia on Instagram. Uh, we also have a Twitch channel we just created called Gamer Delphia Crew. Um, same thing on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Yep. So, yeah, um, I'm over on the Gamer Delphia podcast once in a while. Um, it's been a while, but I, I, I was back on not this week, week the, before. The Thanksgiving I'll be back week. on for this next one. Yep. Yeah. So tune in for uh, for the, the Game Awards special. I'll be on that oh, one. Oh, yeah. I cannot. And, uh, We've talked about the Game Awards. I'm so pretty, hyped for this. <laughs> pretty sure if everything works out, I'll be on every episode for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, so go check that out. Follow Ed. He's a great guy. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time for another episode. Oh, wait, no. I got to do our plugs. Shit. Okay. Wait, hold on. So Let me do uh, this at the beginning. I'm sorry. No, you got to do it at the end, too. Doing... Yeah, give us a like on your platform of choice. Subscribe to the RSS feed. Go to the YouTube channel. Go read my fucking Shovel Knight review. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Lupots. Lupots.com. Patreon.com slash Lupots. Join the Discord. Come talk to us. Show us the support. Go listen to After Dark. That's all the plugs. I'm flustered. I'll see you next week. <laughs>